Hey, hey. Well, guys, welcome to episode number 42 of the Friday Froster. Today's topic, can I adopt a million? Like, really, can I? Kelly Joe, do, do you guys have pets? Yes. Did you get any pets from the adoption agency? Yeah. You yeah. did? Yeah, I have a foster fail, a street dog from Mexico. And you take very good care of your pets, don't you? Yes, I do. Yes, yes. I'm assuming that everyone takes very good care of their pets, but here's what I'd like to know. I would just like to know if I could just adopt a million dollars. I promise you, I will take good care of it. I will clothe it. I'll bathe it. I'll feed it. Just let me. <laughs> Everybody thinks this is a dog story now because you're talking about dogs. Or a cat. I mean, I just want to adopt a million dollars. That's a home. So you're trying right. to throw everybody off. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's just kind of what I do. You know, we've got people coming in today very, very early. And Kelly's in the chat, too. Kelly says it's, it's a beautiful day in Bend. <laughs> and Pozo is here from New York City. Pozo, I bet it's real cold there. And my man Clarence says TGIF because we all know that Friday is one of Clarence's favorite days. We know how much Clarence loves Friday. And Charlene is here from Brooklyn. You Clarence says he hopes that everyone is doing well. All we need is Joe Horwitz from Long Island, and we would be uh, on a coverage. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And Danielle is here. Danielle, how have you been? We haven't seen you here in a while. Maybe you've just been listening and lurking. But good to see you. Danielle's in snowy Colorado with me. Ah, uh, uh, oh, there we go. Thomas says, must be a dog story. Cats would just look at you until you felt too guilty for the fraud and return the money. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And Leslie, wherever you are, it is raining. Where, where's Leslie? You guys remember where Leslie is? North Carolina. Ah. Sure. Yep. And our Florida man is here. You know what? We've got enough people in here now where I think we should talk about leveling up your internal audit skills. You see, it's 2022, and everyone needs to do what they can to make sure that they can be the best professional that they can be. And if you want to level up your internal audit skills, I got something for you. I've got five, not one, not two, not three, five free CPE credits for you. Five of them, you guys. Now, check this out. You need to attend the Level Up Internal Audit Summit. Here's what I'll say. It's put on by Sabine Charles with her TAPA Institute, and I'll be there. But here's what's even better. If you guys don't like me, Joe will be there. Wait a minute, I'm pointing the wrong way. Joe will be there. So <laughs> here's what it is, though. It is February 16th and 17th from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it is 100% free. Here's the website, levelupinternalauditsummit.com. But don't go there now. Don't go there now. You've got to finish the rest of the show with us. Believe me, I will remind you before the show is over. And I'm going to drop it in the chat right now. And for those of you who just want to go now and be traders, you can go now. But there's the link. Just drop what it. You, what are you talking about on that one, Rob? Influency? I am talking about the five critical elements for quality questions. That's right. Yes. 
What are you talking about, Joe? I am doing um, how internal auditors can eliminate the waste. So we're going to talk about uh, eight forms of waste that I'm guessing, you know, at least a couple, if not all, are present in your internal audit function. So we're going to talk about how to get rid of them. It's going to be good. We're going to get rid of the waste, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, check this out. Leslie said that she's already signed up. Wow. Go ahead, Leslie. It is going to be good to see you there. All right. So look, I started today saying I wanted to adopt a million dollars. I mean, look, just anybody out there with an extra million to spare, you can just hand it over. So let's talk about what happened here. Listen, on March, in March of 2018, a bank representative called up someone at the Journeys of Heart Adoption and Surrogacy Agency to inquire about some checks. Here's what they said. The signature on the checks looked fraudulent. Now, I remember a few episodes back where we asked, do banks actually check signatures? Apparently, this bank does and did because the checks looked fraudulent. And guess what? They were. How do you steal from an adoption agency, a pet adoption agency? So here's what happened. Melody Ann Eklund, age 56, stole funds from the business account using their own computer. And she made, how you're going to like this, wire transfers to her personal bank account. And she also wrote checks to herself. She even gave herself bonuses. So not only did she steal from them just, you know, outright stealing, but some of them she labeled as bonuses. So now let's talk about how she actually did it. Because there are a few things that, ooh, are going to make for a very interesting discussion here. So the first thing they said she did was, in order to cover up her fraud, she applied for loans from at least five lending agencies on behalf of the adoption agency. And what she did was she used the owner's names without their permission, but she took it a step further too. She altered financial records to make it appear as though she owned the agency and was authorized to enter into the loan agreements. Now that's one of the things that she did. And what do you guys think about that? So my sister tried to adopt a child a long time ago and um, uh, they took off with their money and, you know, victims all over the United States. And it was only like $3,000, but that's the problem is it's just $3,000 but multiply that out. And it was devastating, like emotionally devastating. So, oh, wow. These are, these yeah. are those things where they like just disgust you because of, you know, it's like when we talk about the healthcare frauds or, you know, all of those, it's like the scandals that really bother you. This is one of them. Yeah, yeah it really does. Um, they are another story about the adoption agency so i have a feeling there might not be a great tone at the top not that it would negate any of what she did but um there is another story about um adoption and uh, yeah so it's just sad all the way around Ooh. so they say that she also maintained two separate QuickBook files 
on her computer. And so she maintained two separate set of books. So it sounds like she had control over a lot of different things, which kind of goes back to the segregation of duties. But she actually applied for and received loans on behalf of the company by faking the identity of the owners for the adoption agency. Now, Thomas said that he signed up for the summit and it only took 30 seconds. You traitor. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. Now, Hal is, he's getting there. Hal said, Disney World trips and wire fraud. Haven't we heard this before? Groundhog did it. Yeah, I mean, she said she had to do it to take care of her family. You know, I think Disney World is part of taking care of your family. I am a monster. I don't know. It's like a necessity. Groceries, gasoline, Disney World. I don't know. And, you know, I bet she stayed on park. Oh, I'm sure. It was so funny. I interviewed someone the other day who works at Disney, and I... I said something about going to Disney and I said, the second time we went to Grand California, she's like, wow, that's, I'm like, it was one night. That was it, one night. So yes. she's like, that's our most expensive property. And I was like, really? I know, but it was one night. <laughs> Only. All right. So you guys, what Joe is referring to is one of the news articles, uh, you know, when they asked her why she did it, she said, well, she's a mother of two and a grandmother of three. And she started stealing from her employer because she was heavily in debt and felt compelled to provide for her grandchildren and her children. Now, her children are all grown. That's what her defense attorney said. But at the same time, she used the stolen money for household expenses, retail expenses, family support, debt, some travel, and repayment of stolen funds. We're going to get into that one in just a minute because that one is quite interesting. As a matter of fact, let's just go there now. In an attempt to cover up the fraud and the money that she was stealing, she stole money from an account belonging to the estate of her deceased brother-in-law. She then transferred that money to the adoption agency's bank account by forging her husband's signature. I love, I love this. This is the big, this is to me the best twist of this story because we don't often do stories where the person tries to pay it back by stealing from someone else. And I just was like, when I read that, I was like, are you kidding me right now? So like, so yeah, she basically stole from her husband. So Kelly, Kelly can tell us all about um, husbands and wives that they can't trust each other. Yeah. Right. Just, so this is one of these things where, um, Whoever interviewed her, I'm going to say that when she got interviewed and the kids up, there was this, it's over. Mm -hmm. I, I'm done. It's over. It's like, and hopefully they used empathy and all sorts of things to get all the information out of her because the fact that she had forged her husband's name at desperation, it, so much desperation. Because again, like if you're a crook crook, do you think Bernie Madoff tried to pay his stuff back? Like, but a person like this, no criminal history. She knows the gig is up and she is just panicked. I can see her. Okay, so this is, this case took place where I used to be the fraud analyst. 
And I could see her driving around Hillsboro, like, oh my God, I just, I will go get that check. And, you know, I could, I literally can feel her fear. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I mean, you brought up Bernie Madoff, right? As everybody in the comments started talking about, you know, a Ponzi scheme, right? I mean, trying. Jose said robbing Peter to pay Annie. Let's <laughs> <laughs> so, bring a girl into it. <laughs> she probably figured her husband wouldn't put her in prison. Yeah. Fortin in his name. But she was like, but they're going to put me in prison. She's like, I can deal with my husband, but I can't deal with the cops. I was yeah. thinking that too. I, I was thinking she, in her mind, thought that that was her money that she was using to pay back, right? So that was her restitution in her mind. Yep. But how much yep. money she's getting a divorce now too? <laughs> was there anything about that in the article? I didn't, I didn't see that, but Hal says uh, a reverse Ponzi scheme, stealing back stolen funds. But yeah. I, I'm pretty sure she's probably getting a divorce right about now. So. And, and, you know, I guess for me, you know, I talk a lot about like who's watching our behavior in my ethics trainings. And, it's, you know, one of the things I always say, I mean, you may not have kids or grandkids, but do you have some sort of child in your life or your, what your parents think of you is very important to you or what your grandparents would think if they saw your behavior? You know, I, I just wish I could talk to this lady and say, you know, you think you're taking care of your kids and your grandkids. Did it ever cross your mind? What would they think of me if I got caught and I was on the front page of the paper because of this? I, I mean, I just, I think that's, I mean, even Andy Fastow, who we all know, the former CFO of Enron, said that if 99% or if, if everyone at Enron had thought they were leaving the business to their kid or the grandkids or whoever, they, it would have solved 99% of the problem at Enron. Well, I don't know if that's the case, but I still will say I love that thought process. Think about that. And obviously, she wasn't thinking too far ahead there. It's the thinking fast and slow, Danny Kahneman. It's the lizard brain versus the ethical brain. And, you know, in the heat of the moment, she's like, oh, it's a great deal for Disneyland through Costco. I'm going to do it. And it's just that, it's that, you know, Homer versus Spock. Yeah. We can't. By the way. can't take over. By the way, I'm going to do that book as a book club. I've, oh, I've, had, I've had like five people recommend that book to me, including you, Kelly, now. So I'm like, it's on my list. I'm going to get through the next one in February. And then uh, Pozo is going to be on in April. Ooh. Book. And then, so then we're going to move to um, that book and then Drive by Daniel Pate. So anyway. I love Drive. Oh, oh nice. Right there. There's my Selfish Book Club plug. Well, you know, while we're here, let's just go ahead and tell the people what we're talking about. Joe does a CPE book club where, guess what? You don't have to read the book. Joe reads the book and then tells you everything that you need to know and you get CPE credit for it. Joe, what's that website? It is um, cpebookclub.com, and I'm going to drop a, a link directly to the next one, which is called Technology Ethics is Broken. So it is all about the book System Error, and we're going to talk about that um, elusive tech and Silicon Valley mindset of optimization and where ethics has kind of gone wrong in Silicon Valley. So it's going to be great. Join nice. us. I all right, cool. 
let's get back to our adoption agency, because check this out. She did some other things, too. Beginning in 2016, she stopped making the agency's quarterly employment tax payments to the IRS, and she stopped filing the tax returns. So as a result, the agency owes the IRS $94,000 in past due taxes. You know, I think the IRS is one group of people that you don't really mess with. Uh, but hopefully they'll give some leniency to the agency because they were victims. Because she was a bookkeeper there from 2011 to 2018. So she didn't steal the whole time. I mean, maybe she did, but I'm thinking she didn't. But a lot of money. I can, that's what I was thinking. You know, it even so I always tell my husband about these and you know, he's at one point five million dollars. That's a big chunk of change. I mean, that always gets me how clearly uninvolved people must be to not catch that much money being stolen. I mean, this cannot be a huge company. I don't Wait, know. I'm going to Portland next week. I'm going to Portland next week. Maybe I can do On the Road with Kelly at the Journeys of the Heart Adoption Agency, and we'll take a little picture. I mean, I'm on their website right now. I mean, I just, I just don't imagine that they're a huge, I don't know, that they make that much profit. It's a nonprofit. Yeah, yeah. How does money, how does any amount of money go missing? Like, these people have way too high of a materiality threshold. I'm telling you. Like, they're looking at I don't get it. You know, I tell We're you what. We're audited them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you what. So, you know, you, you guys know me. The thoughts always run through my head. How could this have happened? And, of course, it's always too much trust in one person. But, but she was the bookkeeper, which means she had access to the bank account. She probably had access to the payroll and the accounts payable. And she was filing the uh, tax returns. At least she was doing the uh, payroll tax. We know that for a fact. But what struck me as odd, and I guess odd in a good way, was there must have been some sort of separation somewhere because the bank, when they saw that the checks had a forged signature on them, they called the owners of the agency, not the bookkeeper. So there was some separation there. But also, my thought is they must not have had an electronic signature for the checks as well. So the owners must have been signing each of the checks because an electronic signature would have just put it on the check and no one would have been the wiser. So it sounds like the owners were somewhat hands-on in the agency, but still somewhat hands-off because they placed a lot of trust in this individual. Well, although, you know, in thinking about what you already told us, how she kept literally two sets of QuickBooks, I mean, obviously she was just flat out lying to the owner. So yeah. unless they go into the bank account directly, which clearly they probably weren't, they were relying on the QuickBooks reporting she was providing them, right? So, right. But I say kudos to the bank employee who noticed that the signatures were off. Yeah, we've talked about this so many times, you know, the banks typically, you know, they kind of take this hands-off approach, right? Of not, sadly to me, they don't act as fiduciaries like they should, acting like this is my money, we're going to take care of it as if it's my money, you know, kind of golden rule ethics in my mind. Too many banks 
kind of say, oh, not my problem. We, we're just the professors, right? We're just doing it. And so I, I'm with you, Rob. I think that's a good, it's a good bank. Yeah. And Pozo makes the point. The bank saved the day. Nonprofits put too much trust in yep. financial professionals. Very true. And is Pat, and I'm going to forget her last name. She's in the what? She's in the like Buffalo ACFE. No money, no mission. Ah. Yeah. 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 Profit. Yeah. yeah. Small world. This is so funny. Totally off topic. But Pat, who's in the ACFE, she's a county professor. She was at a nonprofit event and she starts talking. My sister in law is sitting next to her and she introduces herself and she's like, hey, do you know? Kelly Paxton. And all of a sudden I get all these emails. It was really pretty funny. This is how small the world of fraud is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. So now we just told you guys earlier, kind of the sob story where she said she was what they said, her attorney said she was in debt and needed the money because she was in debt. Apparently she gave gifts and paid for living expenses for her adult children. She had trips to Hawaii and Mexico and Kelly's favorite place, Disney World. She bought tickets to events. She did buy some groceries and uh, had household items and living expenses that she paid for as well. But there was a trip to Disney World. Of course there was. Not Vegas. That's Kelly's second favorite place. <laughs> or concerts. Did she go to a concert? She went to events is what it said. And I'm assuming some of them were probably concerts, you know? Yeah. 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 So. Now. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Joe. No, go ahead. So, so now the, the question is, what happened? What did she plead to? She, she pleaded guilty to Hal's favorite wire fraud, which in this case, you know, it really was wire fraud. Aggravated identity theft, which, yeah filing a false tax return. I was wondering about that one because it said that she stopped filing them. So if she stopped filing it, is that a false one? So at some point she must have filed a false one and willfully failing to collect or pay payroll taxes. Uh, and she was ordered to pay more than $1.6 million in restitution. I could go to Coffee Creek. So you know what she says here? This is so funny. No, it's not funny because these are funny guys. Um, I want to right my wrong, and I don't feel as if I will be given that opportunity to do that if I am incarcerated. Let's change that if to when I am incarcerated. Yes. Like, she's going to prison, and maybe I can go visit her. That is really not very far from me. And keep going, Kelly. It says, I promise to work every day to become a more honest, trustworthy person. I think that ship has sailed, lady. <laughs> I mean, I'm all about people changing, but um, yeah, of course you are going to say that now. Well, you know, but here's another piece to the story, too. So let's talk about the judge for just one moment. Um, U.S. District Judge Marco A. Hernandez said that he considered that the fraud spanned about eight years and affected multiple victims. He said he also took into account the COVID-19 pandemic as a mitigating factor when deciding her sentence. So now, for those of you who don't know, her sentence was uh, or is four and a half years in federal prison. 
Ooh, you know what? This is interesting. This case went federal. It didn't go local. So she isn't going to be at Coffee Creek. She could be somewhere else. I might have to drive farther. Uh, I don't know where a women's prison is, a federal one, on the on the West Coast. I mean, I'm sure there is one, but... Really, we don't want you to go there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's interesting, though, what, what do you think made it go federal? What could it have been the uh, tax charge? I think it's probably the tax. So when it says she filed a false return, they meant her personal return. She no one, no one except Nathan Mueller pays taxes on their stolen money, and that's another. That's like wire fraud, Hal. The you know failing to pay taxes on your stolen money. That's another wire fraud. It's just the same. It's an easy. They just I just tack that on to every to all of them except for Nathan Mueller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So, okay, so today, you guys, a bookkeeper for a pet adoption agency was able to steal over $1.6 million. From that adoption agency. That's why I was like, what, Rob, there's no dogs involved in this. These are real human children. You know what? I'm so sorry. You're right. <laughs> You're right. And you know what? So. I've got queued up a bunch of other stories for us. And one of them is a pet adoption agency. And in my mind, when I was preparing for this one, I was thinking pet. And anyway, I'm doing better about lining our stories up. So I'm confusing one with the one that's coming up in about three weeks. So, so, yeah, so if everybody else in the, in the, um, on the live was confused, so were Kelly and I. We're like, why are there dogs in the like promo video? I don't get it. My bad, you guys. I'm so <laughs> There's Maybe all we should send her a fruitcake in prison, Hal. We could send her a fruitcake. I love it. <laughs> There's never a dull moment on Friday for us. Right. So the bookkeeper was able to steal one and a half million dollars from the adoption agency, primarily because, again, lack of segregation of duties. She just transferred that money via wire transfer from her account. You know, here's what's interesting, though. I wonder how long she could have committed the fraud if she had not done some of it via check. Because she got caught because of the checks and she was doing them via wire as well. So I wonder how, how long she could have gotten away with it. Question. All sorts of Disney jokes today. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Kelly said instead of fast pass that Disney, it should be fraud pass. If they should be pink. So Kelly, yeah. So Kelly, when you said Joe fraud, uh, fraud trip, are we going to Disney? <laughs> <laughs> You've got to go. Oh my gosh, things. you know what's so funny, you guys? I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday and I said that I'm going to go to the pistachio. When I started Friday Fraudster a long, long time ago, the, the world's largest pistachio statue, they got ripped off. And my friend said her niece went to the pistachio and I have to go. Apparently I have to go. It's in like New Mexico or Yeah, I think so. Um there's all sorts of things. We could we can make a total road trip out of it. New Mexico. It's in New Mexico. Alamogordo, New Mexico, the world's largest pistachio. Yep. Learn something new every day on this show. <laughs> All right, you know, so, but again, though, a bookkeeper, one and a half million dollars over the span of possibly eight years, but probably less. 
for a nonprofit that's supposed to help people adopt kids, which is the saddest part. It's like the Florida one where the Florida Coalition of Domestic Violence paid their CEO like millions and millions of dollars instead of helping their victim. It's those right. are the saddest ones, again, I'll say to me. Well, and I still think a lot of it, it has to do, and we all know that it has to do with too much trust in one person. But I also think that these nonprofits, uh, sometimes all it takes is downloading a guide from the internet of good internal controls or talking to a lone auditor out there who just wants to audit nonprofits. Hey, call me. But, uh, <laughs> but, that, but no, in, in all seriousness, these things aren't that uh, hard to discover if someone is asking the right questions. By the way, if you want to learn how to ask the right questions, get my book, Ask Better Questions, Get Better Answers, Perform Better. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to just say that. I but no, you know, there. <laughs> but but in all seriousness, this this one, um, if it wasn't for a, a savvy bank employee, if she had just stuck to wire transfer, she may have been able to do this for quite some time. I have a question that maybe we could end on for everybody to think about is I want to know if you guys think that turnover, you know how like, um, you know, it used to be looked bad upon if you were, if places had, you know, turnover, if you were a job hopper, right? Or, you know, you replaced a person all the time and, you know, it used to be like seven years, you got to stay somewhere seven years, whatever. All everybody's different reason. I think in positions like this, just like rotating external audit firms, people need to rotate bookkeepers. I'm sorry, but you know, it's something where I think that uh, it's a good practice to get somebody else's set of eyes on your books. And I think that should be something like places like nonprofits start doing. That's what I, I call that the surprise and delight. So like mix it up. Like yeah. literally have mystery shop your nonprofit. Have someone come in and make a hundred dollar cash donation. Mystery shop. Mix people up. Yep. Yeah. Uh, like our, you know, our non my nonprofit that I'm on the board for, um, you know, they they have a treasurer who does the books, but then they hire, you know, every year a bookkeeper to come in and quote unquote audit the book. Just make sure you're doing things right, your category categorizing things right i just think it's a good idea to get into practice of doing those things all right that's my soapbox for the day all right so now speaking of internal control guides thomas has an internal control guide that you can download and it walks you through some best practices that you should have in your business thomas you can drop the link in either here now or in the replay my friend and people can download your internal control guide now, yes. Dan, Dan the man is here, and Dan says, North Carolina State ERM Group produced an excellent publication, Getting Started with ERM, a guide for nonprofits. You know they did, and they've been really at the forefront of ERM for uh, years. They do a very good job of putting out very good publications. Uh, their courses are very good. Yeah, yeah, that is a very good resource. All right. Before we get out of here, as promised, as promised, Level up internal audit. This is the summit offering you five free, F-R-E-E, -E, hours of quality CPE. You are going to see some names that you know and love from all over the globe. Again, Joe and I will be there. And also Joe with the E will be there as well. 
who else is going to be there, Joe, that we know? Uh, yeah, Lanier is going to be there. Um, let's see. Well, I don't know. Go to the website. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't remember all those people. I think the best part of this event, though, is that we're each only doing 30 minutes. Yeah. So we're never going to get bored. You're getting a new topic and a new person every 30 minutes. And I think that's something unique about this one that you guys will enjoy. So that's my fun plug for this one. So um, I'll drop. Did you already drop the website in the chat? I did. I did. Okay. Oh, it's in there. Level up internal audit summit. There's lots of good people on it. Fun. Yeah. Lots of good people from all over the globe. So if you can, be sure to sign up and check it out. It's February 16th and 17th from 6 to 9 p.m. We are going to have a bunch of fun. And Pozo says that she is also looking forward to the summit. It is an opportunity for us to mingle, meet one another, learn from one another, and to have a very, very, very good time. On that note, Kelly Joe, any last words? What are you guys up to? Any last words? No, I'm looking forward to the weekend. I'm not going to be here <laughs> next week. Sorry, I realized I'm not going to be here next week, I don't think. So who in the chat wants to, who wants to play Kelly? You have to play yeah. And Joe, Joe's on the school field trip next Friday. Oh, wait, you know what? I've already, ha I already have guest hosts for next Friday. Oh, that's right. We told him already, Kelly. He's on it. That's right. Oh. Okay. I, I'm. I'm Think of me because I will be on a field trip with hundreds of little fifth graders. So everybody just take a, like 10 seconds during next Friday Frogster and say a little Joe prayer. Okay. Say. We are going to have a moment of silence, but yes, next week, Galena and Thomas will be guest hosts. Good job. Thank you for stepping up guys. Thanks guys. Galena and Thomas will be guest hosts. So, all right. Thank you guys for joining us on episode number 42. And remember, go over to FridayFroster.com if you want some CPE credit for watching some of these episodes. And we'll see you guys later.